Hey, good morning. You, you ever had one of those moments in your life where you just think to yourself, you know, maybe I'm better off not knowing uh, that answer? I'm, uh, I'm, I'm out this morning uh, doing my sermon walk. I do that a lot before uh, Sunday, and I'm just trying to get it all figured out and lend the conversation that you and I are going to have together. And as I'm walking along, all of a sudden, something really moist falls uh, from the sky. Now, because it's getting a little thinner up there, there was nothing to occlude it, and so it immediately got to my scalp, and uh, I, I, I look up uh, into the sky, and uh, there are clouds, but right above me is blue. And so I'm thinking, uh, how, how in the world a raindrop, and then I see two birds flying. <laughs> I, uh, I, 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 I'm, I'm picking up my hair and kind of doing that, and... Uh, all of a sudden, it starts sprinkling all around me. And so I come to the conclusion, okay, uh, blue skies, uh, apparently somehow, you know, the wind's redirecting and, and, it's, and it's raining. I did not bother to look up to see if a flock was flying over at that uh, moment. So here's all I'm going to say is, is that if in the course of this morning uh, you notice something in my hair, don't tell me. I, I, I'm better off just not knowing uh, this morning. Hey, uh, we are starting uh, uh, experiencing God together, and, and we're simply asking this question, what would it be like? What would, what would it be like to experience God in a fresh, new way, to just have a new wind in my life? What, what would it be like to know that I was in the absolute center of God's will, and that what I was doing was exactly what He wanted me to be doing, and that I woke up every morning saying, I am doing this day with God? What? What would that be like? And this is an interesting question for us because some of us in this room, if we were really, really honest, would say, I, that's not what's happening for me right now. I mean, matter of fact, I, I, I sense a distance between me and God right now. I mean, there, there's just something, I mean, don't get me wrong, I'm a Christ follower and, and, and all, I, there, there, there's just something that I, I know I'm, I'm not experiencing. There's a distance. You know, in some ways, it's kind of a little bit like marriage. You know, some, some moments of marriage are just hot and wonderful and amazing, and there, there are some moments in marriage that are just you know, kind of normal moments. I mean, that, that's all part of it. But when it's wrong, I mean, when it's not what it ought to be, I mean, you may not even be able to put your finger on it, but, but you know you know that they're distant, and you know that something's just not right. It's possible that many of us come in today, and that's where we are with God, and we just go, like, I, I'm interested to know what it would be like to experience God anew and afresh and in a different way in my life. How many have heard the saying that says, uh, uh, if God seems distant, guess who moved? Have you heard that? It's actually wrong. Uh, let, let, me, let me see if I can help because this is going to move us along. I, I need two volunteers real quick for me to humiliate and make fun of. Okay. All right. Yeah, all right. Come on, man. He goes, humiliate me. <laughs> Here we go. Yep. And one more. Come on. You're up. Here we go. Okay, so here's what we're going to do. Um, you're going to come over here. We're going to make you God. All right. All right. Just, just for fun. Okay. 
Now, it's really, really hard because you have to glow a little bit. Okay. All right. You're, you're <laughs> there you go. That's, that's very good. Hey, just in case you're wondering, okay, we, we did not find a picture of God. In case that's just like freaking you out because he's watching you. Um, it's actually supposed to be a picture of Moses. So come over here. Come over here. Okay. You're going to stand next to God. Okay. Here's the deal. You're going to be us. Okay. So here's what you got to get. Here's what you got to understand in this moment is that God always has a plan. God always has something that he's inviting us to do. So God is always saying to us, here's what we're going to do next. And then next. So here's the God is always working his plan. God is always moving in his plan. Now, here's what you and I understand. So we, we get that if you and I are living in absolute disobedience, in other words, if we're sitting there saying, look, God, I, I don't like that answer. I don't care what you say about that. And I'm just going to do the opposite. I'm just going to live in rebellion. And that if you and I turn and we go in exactly the opposite way, okay, we get that that creates distance between us and God. Here's what we don't always understand. The scarier moment, the moment that is much more subtle, God is always working his plan. <laughs> okay. So what happens in the moment when you and I simply say, look, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not interested in being blatantly disobedient. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not just going to live in open rebellion. It's just that that next thing, the, the thing that it means to go with you, God, the, the, the sin that's in my life right now, the thing that you're asking me to work on, the habit that I'm supposed to be dealing with, and, or maybe the thing that I'm supposed to begin doing. I'm just not ready. I mean, it's not that my answer is no. It's not that I'll, I'll never do it. It's just I, I, I just don't think I'm ready to tackle that now. I... I and so we pause. We just go, look, maybe, maybe eventually, but here's the deal. You ready? Because God is still working his plan, and because you and I are not going to him. And here's the part that's subtle about it. We recognize that's disobedience, but that's the disobedience of commission. But most of us are stuck in the disobedience of omission. That if we were absolutely honest in our lives, we would say, no, 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 I remember when God asked. Look, you can't, you can't be dating that guy. You, you've got the things that are coming out of your mouth right now, they can't come out of your mouth. And I simply said in that moment, God, I, I'm just not ready to deal with that. Yes, the sin of omission in my life, which causes me to pause, and God becomes more distant. Because, because, you ready for this? The only way to experience God is to go with God. And the only way that you and I are going to change this experience in our lives is to be walking lockstep with Him. There you go. All right. Thank you, guys. You're amazingly good. Thank you. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to grab a passage of Scripture that's going to walk us through this very moment within our lives to say, so look, 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 that, that in order to experience God, I have to be living in the will of God because in the moment that I don't, 
I will experience a distance from God. And I'm like, grab your Bibles real quick. We're going to go to Genesis chapter 11. Genesis chapter 11. This is going to be the easiest passage you're ever going to find in your Bibles. First book, chapter 11. Genesis chapter 11. It's the story of Abraham. And a moment in which God invites Abraham to go with him. And what Abraham does causes him to experience God. Okay? Genesis chapter 11, start in verse uh, 31. Here we go. Genesis chapter 11, verse 31. Terah, Terah is the father of Abraham. Terah then took his son Abram. Now, don't let that freak you out. At the beginning of the story of Abraham, he's called Abram, which simply means, you ready for this? Significant father or esteemed father. Later in the story, God is going to change his name to Abraham, which means father of nations. But Abram is not ready to be Abraham yet because he hasn't experienced God. Here we go. Terah took his son Abram, his grandson Lot of Haran, and his daughter-in-law Sarai, the wife of his son Abraham, and together they set out from Ur of the Chaldeans to go to Canaan. But when they came to Haran, they settled there. It's an interesting moment. So here's Terah. He apparently understands that he's supposed to be heading to Canaan, which Canaan is what's going to eventually be known to you and me as Israel. That's the plan. That's where we're heading. And in the process of the journey, in the process of getting to Israel, they come to a town, Haran, and they stop. And they settle there. It's as if, in the moment, Terah says, look, uh, this is... This is taking longer than I thought it was going to take. I mean, I had no idea it was that far. Uh, this has been rougher than I thought. I mean, the dust storms, the lack of water, the camels are all coming. This is, this is harder than I thought it was going to be. And here's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking Haran is a pretty good place. I mean, I'm not sure what it is that God's trying to take us to, and I'm not sure what it's going to be like when we get it. But this is pretty good. I think I'm okay here. And, and, if, and if, if what we still have to go through is as hard as what we've already done, I'm, I think I'm satisfied in Haran. And here's what you've got to get. Haran is always a picture in the Bible of incomplete obedience to God. For settling for something less than where he was taking us to. This is going to be an interesting part of the conversation for us. Because one of the things that's happening in many lives in this room today is we've settled in Haran. See, we, we, we got on this journey with Jesus and, and, and we were going along and, and then all of a sudden the pastor said something in the message or somewhere I read something in scripture and I went, wow. <laughs> Here's what I'm thinking. I, I'm thinking maybe I've gone far enough. I, I'm, I'm thinking... 
It's been pretty hard getting to here, and it's cost me a lot to follow Jesus this far. And I, I just, you know, I, I'm, I'm thinking that wherever God's taking and wherever God's going, I, I'm not sure it's that much better than where I am now. So here's what, I, I think I'll just sit down right here spiritually. I, I, think, I think I'll just be okay here. And many of us have settled in Haran. Back to the passage. Verse 32. Terah lived 205 years and died in Haran. The Lord said to Abram, leave your country, leave your people, leave your father's household, and go to a land I will show you. Now, here, here's the first thing you got to get. This is not Abraham's plan. The, Abraham didn't come up with the idea of leaving Haran. God came up with the idea to leave Haran. Matter of fact, the truth is, Abraham's got all sorts of plans in Haran. Uh, it's going okay in Haran. Matter of fact, uh, he's right in the middle of like the deal of his lifetime. He's going to open up a brand new used camel supercenter, <laughs> complete with Mr. Ed's financing. Uh, he's even got he's even got a really really good slogan: "Used is better than new." What are a couple ticks amongst friends? And I mean, he's got plans in Haran. And here's what you got to get. When God comes in the moment and says, okay, we're, we're going, we're, we're, it will never be convenient. It, it'll be at the worst possible time of your life. You'll go, whoa, 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 I mean, no, 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 it was going good. I mean, whoa, whoa, because, see, it'd be really easy to follow God if you went, man, my life is so messed up right now. I mean, anything's better than this, even God. But more often than not, God comes when you and I have got plans in Haran. See, this is, this, is, this is the part that's hard for us because truth be told, what we really want to do is have God bless our plan instead of coming up with his own plan. So here we go, okay, God, so here's, here's the deal. I've been, I've been thinking about my life a little bit. That girl? <laughs> Yeah, I, no, 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 I, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, but <laughs> see, here's, here's what I'm thinking, God, I, you know, career path, you know, I, I've been doing the whole, you know, maybe fireman, maybe policeman, but you know, I, 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 I kind of landed on executive at Intel, and so if we could just do that, make sure I get a, a key to the executive bathroom, that'd be good, and then, and then here's what I'm thinking, uh, uh, if I could just live in Chandler, uh, you know, the rest of my life, um, I, I've, been, I've been looking, and, you know, Midwest is cold. South, man, it's all humid. East Coast, East Coast, God, those guys are all jerks. <laughs> now, now, God, here's the deal. Here's where I would let you maybe work. I mean, if you thought California, you know, somewhere within 15 miles of the beach, I, I would, I'd be okay talking about that. But here's what I want you to do. I want you to bless my plans. So here's what we do. Dear God, dear God, dear God, please bless the plans for my life that I made up. Amen. 
That's why leaving Haran is so hard for us, because you and I have plans in Haran. And if God would simply accommodate us by blessing our plan, then we'd be okay in Haran. Here's what you and I have got to get. If you work your plan, you will never experience God the way you're supposed to. (laughs) Because God's plans are never in Haran. And, And if you simply decide, hey, look, this is what makes sense to me, and this is what's comfortable, and this is what I would enjoy, and to be truthful, it it alleviates and and avoids a ton of pain, would you just bless that? And if you and I work our plan, you will never experience God the way you're supposed to. Some of you have heard my story a little bit before. I'm I'm serving as a youth pastor in Scottsdale, and beautiful church. I'm, cool stuff's happening. I've, I've, we've got kids that are going into ministry and a super solid group of kids in the Lord. Um, the church is amazing. I mean, and when you'd walk on campus, it was like every little leaf on every bush had been termed, trimmed perfectly. It was like going to Disneyland for church. And uh, in the conference that we were a part of, our youth group was the second largest youth group in the entire st- I mean, state. It, it, was, it was just good. Ended up the senior pastor uh, wasn't there anymore, and they called a new senior pastor, and things started getting a little bit rough. And I'm going, God, this is this is not the plan. This is this doesn't work well. I mean, I I'm I'm at the top of my game here. I mean, this is things are going really really well, and lives are being changed. I mean, God, the, Scott Stell's the plan. And yet here's this discomfort in my life. One of my coworkers, one of the other ministers at the church, ended up leaving, and he ended up in a church in uh, Southern California. And uh, before you get too excited about that, uh, it was Yakaipa. And uh, if you never experienced Yakaipa, Yakaipa is that town you drive down the highway and you go, "Why do people live there?" <laughs> kind of like Yuma. The shoe fits. No, I mean, um, yeah. So I end up, I'm, I'm going to a, a conference in Southern California, so I decide to stop in and see my friend George, and uh, I pull onto the campus of this church, and guys, they built the church themselves, and it looked it. It looked like a World War II bomb shelter, and it was painted this yellow mustard color that looked a little bit like baby vomit. You know the color I'm talking about? There were bars everywhere. I mean, it could have been a federal penitentiary, and it was dirty. It was dirty and gross, and they'd gone through a horrible church split, and so there was just a couple hundred people around, and they all walked around like this. I I remember driving away from... First Baptist Church in Yakaipa and meeting with my friend George, going on to my conference, and I wept. I said, God, what sin did George commit <laughs> that you've sent him there? Anybody want to guess where I was six months later? <laughs> and I, I remember driving my wife and my baby son 
west and thinking to myself, God, 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 this isn't the plan. The plan was Scottsdale. The plan was success. The plan was everything. Yuck. The interesting thing is that after I got there, man, God showed, man, we experienced God in unbelief. The church exploded. The youth group exploded. We, we, were, we were taking that town uh, for God. Matter of fact, it got to the point with our youth ministry that the high school would call us up and say, hey, look, we, we need to hear the youth group calendar uh, before we make our calendar because we know that if we plan a school event on the night you guys are doing something youth group, the students won't come to the high school. It was amazing. Church in Scottsdale spent the next 25 years in decline. And I've wondered... I've wondered what would have happened if I'd have stuck with my plan. Would I have ever experienced God like I did in Yakaipa? Guys, guys, here, here's the good again. If you work your plan, you will miss God. It, it, back to the passage. We'll go back to verse 1. The Lord said to Abram, leave your country, leave your people and your father's household and go to the land that I will show you and I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you. I will make you a name that is great and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and whoever curses you I will curse and all the peoples of the earth will be blessed through you. That's not much of a plan. I mean, think, look at it. Look at it. Basically, it says, Abraham, get up and go to a land I'm going to show you. Now, here's the thing, Abraham. When I get you there, it's going to be really, 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 really cool. But here's the plan. Get up and go. Can you imagine taking vacation that way? Oh, just get in the car. We're going to drive. See where we go. It's not much of a plan. Which, let's just be honest, this is what drives us crazy about God. That, that God's not willing to kind of say, all right, you know, let, let me you know, spell this out. Let me tell you how we're going to get there. Instead, here's what God does. God says, do that. Do that. And, and this is the moment that you and I become terrified in this thing. Because we go, here's the deal. <laughs> That, that looks scary. I mean, that, that looks hard. And so I'm just, here's what, if you would explain the rest of the plan, then I could approve it. <laughs> See, if, if you would just kind of spell it out, because here's the deal. If every step after this is as scary as the first step, I'm not sure how I feel about that. So if, if you would simply just kind of, you know, walk me through this. It, you know, what is the business plan? You know, how are we going to do this and how are we going to accomplish this together? And here's what you got to get.
God never, never, never tells you and me the rest of the plan. You know why? Because we wouldn't like it. See, we'd, here's, here's exactly what we'd do. We'd go, wow. Wow. You know what I'm thinking? I'm, th- I'm thinking if, if we could just move that a little over there. You know, I, you know and, and, and I'm thinking, you know, if we could just tweak that one a little bit. And actually, this one's completely unnecessary. That's exactly what, And then we go, okay, okay, okay. I can approve that. And the minute you and I do that, guess whose plan it is? And guess who's playing God? It's why God will never show you the plan. He'll always come and say, do that. And where I'm taking you is amazing. And what this is going to you have never dreamed. But I'm not going to tell you the plan. Because you'd be terrified. You'd vote against the plan. If I ever told you, think about this, think about this. What if God had told Abraham the plan? Okay, Abraham, uh, you're going to get up and you're going to start heading toward Canaan. Now, here's the deal. When you get there, famine. Famine. Oh, yeah, yeah. Hey, by the way, uh, not too much later, uh, your nephew Lot kidnapped. Oh, and then, you know, remember I told you you're going to be the father of nations? Uh, We're going to put that on hold for 25 years. You're going to be a hundred. Sarah is going to be 90 when you have your first child. And then, you ready for this one? This is the best one, Abraham. You're going to have one son. Remember I called you the father of nation? You're going to have one son. And then I'm going to ask you to take him up on a mountain and kill him. That's the plan! (laughs) What do you think the chances are Abraham's voting for that one? And guys, here's what, you, here's what you and I have got to be careful of, because here's the thing. You and I know the end of the story. We go, oh, come on, Abraham. The end of the story is really, really cool. I mean, God, like, blesses you out of your mind. This is no big deal, Abraham. But here's what you got to get. Abraham doesn't know any of that. And in absolute love and mercy and grace to Abraham, he says, no, 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 Abraham. If I told you the plan, you'd veto it. So here's what we're going to do. Get up. Leave Haran. And when you do that, and when you're ready, I'll tell you next. And we're going to go somewhere, and we're going to do something that you have not even dreamed of, Abraham. But you would have vetoed the plan if I told you. This is huge. Because some of us in this room, the reason you and I aren't experiencing God is because you and I have settled in Haran. That, that we came to this moment and whatever that was, so whatever sin was in our life and God said, hey, we're going to deal with this. Maybe it was how you talk to your spouse. Maybe, Maybe it was a habit you've got in your life. 
Maybe, maybe he actually asked you to move or to change a career or go into ministry. I don't know what it was. But you and I came toward that and we went, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> See, that's scary and that costs a lot. And so, God, if you would just run the plan by me so I can see where this ends, and then I would, but based on that limited information, I'm not ready. And we've settled. We've settled in Haran. And, and we're waiting. We're waiting for God to either change his mind and not require this anymore. We're waiting for God to tell us some more information about the plan. And if you and I aren't careful, we'll never leave Haran. Let me ask you a question. What happens if Abraham doesn't leave Haran? I mean, I mean, what if he just says, God, no, 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 that's too scary, that costs too much, I, you know, I, I got the super center to open. What if Abraham doesn't leave Haran? Does God end up building a great nation? If Abraham's answer is no? Does Abraham ever experience God the way he's supposed to if he stays in Haran? I told you I was youth pastoring in Yakaipa. I mean, things, things were off the hook. I mean, amazing, amazing, amazing ministry. And started feeling like God was saying, get up and go. And I was going, God, this is, this is, this is dumb. We got ministry out of our, I mean, I, I have never experienced, I'm experiencing you in a way I've never experienced. I mean, God, this is, this is good. Why would I go? I put my resume out and I started getting calls from amazing churches asking me to come be their next youth pastor. I mean, if I told you the names, you'd recognize the churches. I mean, they're the places that if you're ever in youth ministry, you go, man, if, if I could ever, I mean, that, that'd be the top. <laughs> and here I am interviewing, and here I am talking to him, and, I'm, and, and God's just saying, no, that, that's, not, that's not the next thing. And but God begins to push my heart towards church planting. Now, can I just tell you that's stupid? Church planting is what pastors do who can't get a real church to hire them. That's what church planting is. And I, you know, this didn't take a whole, I mean, this didn't take a genius to go, okay, if I, if I do that, I mean, this is like my salary, which is already bad, will be less. I'll have to go to my family and friends and ask them to support me financially. How humiliating is that? And then, guys, if this wasn't bad enough, he wanted me to go to Chandler. Now, guys, I grew up in Tempe. And I just got to tell you, back in the day, growing up, you know who lived in Chandler? The farmers. They all had a piece of something hanging out of their mouth, and you were afraid to ask. Chandler. I was going to have to move back in with my mom. I'm 35 years old, and I'm moving in with mom. That's stupid. 
You want to know how much my heart said, okay, God, 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 let, let's talk about the plan. If you could just explain how this turns out. And all he said was, get up and go. I have people come to me all the time. They go, Lynn, when you started Cornerstone, did you ever imagine? No. I was living with my mom. <laughs> but I've wondered. I wondered if I had stayed in Haran, would Cornerstone be here? I've wondered if, if I had said, no, no, I'm going to choose what's comfortable and I'm going to choose what makes sense if thousands and thousands and thousands of people would have come to Christ. I don't know. Here's what I do know. I wouldn't have experienced God like I was supposed to here with you. Back to the passage. Verse 4. So Abraham left. Doesn't have a plan, doesn't know. He just knows God said, come. Come go with me and come experience me. Left. And as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him, and Abraham was 75 years old when he set out from Haran. He took his wife, Sarai, his nephew, Lot, all the possessions that they had accumulated and the people they had acquired in Haran, and they set out for the land of Canaan, and they arrived there. Chances are, as, as we're sitting here today, if you're stuck in Haran, you know, you, you know, you you know whatever that is, whatever habit that is, whatever place of disobedience that is, whatever commitment in your life that is lacking, you know, and, and, and you've simply settled in rent. You, you've allowed your walk with God to go on pause. You just said, look, look, God, it's already been hard enough to get to here. I think I'm satisfied with where I am. Let me think about that some more. Get up. go. And so whether that ends up meaning that there's something in your life between you and God that you need to deal with, deal with it. For some of us, it's going to be, you know what, I'm just going to get into the experiencing God thing. I'm going to, I'm going to buy the workbook. I'm going to grab a couple of my friends and say, let's make a small group, or I'm going to walk out on the patio and say, I don't have any friends. Put me in a small group. <laughs> but I am so hungry to know what God would do. I, I, I ache so deeply to experience whatever is at the end of the experience. The un, here, guys, here's what you got to get. In the same way that Abraham has no idea what it means when God says, look, I'm going to bless you out of your mind. I'm going to do stuff you never imagined. You don't either. You have no idea, and you won't. But how badly do you want to know? 
And it's got to be badly enough to say, God, I'll go with you that I could know what it was like to experience you. Let's pray. Hey, dear Lord Jesus, we just we come to this moment and many of us in this room would have to say, I've, I've been living in Haran. I, I, I got to a place in my Christian walk where whatever God was asking looked too big and too scary and I, I didn't know how this turned out or, and I've just been waiting for God to kind of explain it to me a little better or for me to get to a place where I felt differently about surrendering that part of my life. And truth be told, I've settled. I've settled in Haran and I'm trying to figure out why God feels distant and why my walk with him is just so flat. I've settled. And I know, I know what you've asked. You've, you've asked me to get up and go. You've asked me to do the next thing that's been in front of me for forever. So today, today, would you just in mass, would, would you stir the hearts of Cornerstone today? get up and finish the journey we began to experience you and the center of your will and the plan you have for our lives. This we pray in Jesus' name.